looking at it, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. And I'm like, oh, I have to go preach. I forgot. Good morning, everybody. My name is Glenn. My name is, uh, well, my name is Glenn Wolf, and um, I'm, the, I'm the youth pastor here at City Church. It's good to see everybody this morning, especially if, like we said, if you're a VIP, we love you. We're glad you're here. You guys ready to get in the Word this morning? Man, I am, I am ready. I am also a brand new proud papa uh, today. Uh, my son is just at five weeks old. I want to show you some pictures because because uh, I have the mic at the moment too, so I guess that's, what, that's what's going to happen. Now, let me just say this: his, na- his name is Ethan, and uh, three prayers that I'm praying for Ethan specifically: uh, souls, birdies, buckets. All right, I want him to see a lot of souls one of the kingdom of God. I want to see a lot of birdies made on the golf course, and I want to see a lot of buckets made at the basketball court everywhere. I want him to whoop up on all your children uh, on the basketball court. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, bless you, boy, we're going to do it. All right, I'm going to be... And so we gave him some golf. Now, now, this next picture is my favorite. I don't know why there's some sick thing in me that finds this next picture awesome. But, uh, ain't that cute? I just, I rebuke that whole look, because he's going to love golf in Jesus, Jesus' name. And so, we're excited. It took about, um, if you have, if you've had a son, uh, it took us about 72 hours for me to be wee-weed on. So that was, uh... Exciting about three days in, and so I felt, you know, um, now I'm a part of the team officially. So uh, it's part of the initiation uh, process there, and Natalie is a great mom, and uh, so we're we're pretty excited here. Uh, would you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two, verse six, Luke chapter two, verse six. It's really good to see everybody. We're also going to look at Philippians chapter four. I'm going to read it from the Message translation. And that will be on the screen, but you can look at it in whatever translation you might have. But we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 6. We're in part 3 of our series entitled Simply Christmas. And Pastor has done an eloquent job these last two weeks following the Advent calendar. And aren't you so thankful for our pastors and their, and their leadership and vision? Come on, give them some love. And so grateful for them. And, and uh, so we're here in Luke chapter 2, verse 6. Mary is pregnant with Jesus. This is the background leading into what we're about to read. She's pregnant. Uh, Caesar has uh, issued a census, which basically means that he wants to know everybody that's in the Roman world. And because David comes from the line of, or I'm sorry, because Joseph comes from the line of David, they've got to go to Bethlehem. So men, if you've uh, had a pregnant wife before, uh, your heart goes out to Joseph slightly here because he is, has his pregnant wife on the back of a donkey heading to Bethlehem. Okay, it's deep, huh? And, uh, and so now they're in Bethlehem, and now we're picking up with them there in verse 6. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, which was a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now I'm going to read that verse again because I want to focus on the perspective of the shepherds. Uh, so let me read that one more time. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, rightfully so. But the angel said to them, Guys, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news that's going to cause great joy for all the people. That good news is that today in the town of David, David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I've entitled this message this morning, Joy is in the air. Joy is in the air. Can we pray? Father, thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, that joy is in the air. Thank you, God, that you've spoken to my heart this week and as I've been preparing this message. It's been such a joy, God, to hear your heart on the subject of joy. Lord, I pray, God, what you've downloaded in me as I prepare this message, God, download it into our church. Change us from the inside out. God, whatever you want to change, Lord, we give you free reign to change. Whatever you want to move, we give you free reign to move. God, we thank you that we're here today. Open up our hearts. We bless your name in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Luke chapter 2 reminds me of a story that happened right here at City Church about seven years ago. I've been the youth pastor here for eight years. And when I first got here, I had the, uh, the joy to serve with our students. We had about 10 of them, and, uh, and it grew quite quickly. Uh, many of you have kids that are in City Kids today. Uh, what we know is the City Kids facility or the round room. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, which is over here to my left. Uh, that used to be where our youth ministry would meet on Wednesday nights. Now, today, parents, it's safe. It's secure. It's even air-conditioned. Well, there was once upon a time when it wasn't quite the case. And, uh, and that was when this joker right here was, was uh, doing ministry over there. And I remember there was a summer, uh, about a four- to five-week stretch over the summer where the AC went out. And our, kids, our youth ministry just kept growing. We had about 80 students crammed into that room uh, with no AC. Needless to say, I basically preached on hell for about five weeks. Because it just came out so well, because it was just like, you know, if you think it's hot in here, <laughs> you better believe it's hot in hell, you know, whatever. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Uh, you would have done the same thing. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, and, and I remember that. And specifically, there was one moment where I was a one-man kind of show back then. There was no leadership team, no volunteers, and I play instruments, lead worship a little bit. I remember I used to do this. I would preach. I would do the offering. I would lead the worship on a guitar or a keyboard. And I remember one time I would literally preach the message. And then I would, I would have everybody stand at their feet. I would have them bow their heads and close their eyes. And I would, once everybody's eyes were closed, I'd run over the keyboard like this. I'd go. You're here. <laughs> and you need Jesus, whatever. You know, like, it was just, you know, and then, these, and then these kids would open their eyes and they're like looking for me. And then they find me over there. It's just crazy. Oh, man, my life. And uh, that, was, that was wild. I remember one time specifically, I was playing acoustic guitar. And um, I don't know how else to say it, so I'm just going to say it. Can I, can I just speak frankly with you? Um, I just uh, I needed to um, pass gas. I know this has never happened to you in your life. Uh, this is what happens when the youth pastor takes the mic and preaches on Sunday morning as well. Um, and so, uh, I know you've never been on a long trip. You might need to, uh, you might need to pass a gas right now. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just like, that's between you and the Lord and we can pray about that, but I needed to. And so I'm up there. If you can imagine, I mean, I'm leading worship, you know, and God is moving, you know, not just out there, but like here, you know, so, and what am I supposed to do? You know, I can't be like, Hey everybody, I have an announcement to make. Can I take a break real quick? I need to, to go floof it somewhere so you know uh so so i'm there and so i'm i have this predicament now in my mind as i'm still leading worship uh 
I'm, you know, in the course of, you know, the predicament, which we've all experienced, or at least I have, maybe you're too holy for that, but, uh, is, you know, do I let it go or do I hold it in? You know I mean? That's just, uh, you know, is it, is it, uh, and then the next question is, I don't know if you know the term, but like the SBD, like silent but deadly, you know what I'm talking about? So, so then, so then, hey, hey, I'm just telling you, what's up, all right? Okay. And so, uh, there is a point to all this, I promise. And uh, so I decided that it, in my mind, as I logically thought it through, it's unhealthy to hold it in. And all the men are like, yes, honey, did you hear that? It's a biblical fact. It's biblical. It's No, I don't have any precedent for that. I just feel like it was because it felt unhealthy to hold it in. And so, um, except for you, you need to hold it in, but I, it's, okay. So I'm playing, and so I decided to, uh, Thank you. Let it go. Beautiful. Thank you. And so we let it go. And, uh, and uh, so, there you, you know, and, and then you know that typically kind of the level on how it stinks is, is, um, <laughs> is uh, you know, it's, it smells when people think it smells, but you still don't think it smells that bad. You know what I'm saying? Because it's your own. It's your own. But you know, when you think it stinks, it's bad. You know what I'm talking about, man. Don't even, don't even, don't even look at me like that. And so I'm up there, and we let it go, and I'm sitting there like, (laughs) for the Lord is good, and His love endures. (laughs) And so, and our stage was very small, no AC, mind you. And uh, our graphic designer, which she was actually singing right here, is Katie Rivers. She was about 15 at the moment. And, I, and I'm 27 now. And uh, in my 27 years, I've never seen such a disgusted, disappointed look. Like, looked at me like, you have. You know. Needless to say, um, joy was not in the air. Good night, everybody. I'll see you later. <laughs> Bless you. It's good. Um, joy was was not in the air. Uh, I say that because for whatever reason, in my sick mind, uh, Luke chapter two reminds me of that story. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just telling you what's up. Uh, reminds me of that story because we're finding the shepherds out in a stinky field, in a mundane life. Now think about this. They're, they're, they're shepherding sheep. Sheep uh, have feces. They, there's no outhouses. There's no Walmart. There's none of that. There's no, there's no, it, it stinks. Um, they're in mundane, stinky life. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord shows up to them. And if I could paraphrase what we've read, basically said, boys, I know that this looks really stinky. And I I know that what you're doing is very mundane. But I want to tell you today that joy is in the air. In fact, in fact, he says it just like this in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. He says this. He says, do not be afraid because I am bringing you good news. Honey, no matter what you might be going through today, no matter how stinky life might be, I want to tell you that there's good news. And not only that, it's not just good news. But that good news is going to cause great joy for all people. You know that all people is? That's you and me 2,000 years later. Come on, somebody. 
There's great joy. There's joy in the air because Christ has come. He goes on to say, today, the reason why we have joy is that in the town of David, just right over there, boys, right over there, the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for, that we have been longing for, it's happening today, baby. Joy is in the air. Can I just uh, speak to you just for a second? A uh, 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 pastor just talked about how God healed him. There is no healing without Christ. There is no redemption without Christ. There is no church service today without Christ. In fact, the Bible says He is the chief cornerstone that we build our lives on. We lift up holy hands because He's holy and because He's redeemed us. And because of that, there is joy in the air. You can feel it today. And if you ain't feeling it yet, just tap into God's goodness and His grace and let Him transform you from the inside out. Because God has come. Come on, somebody. He's come. We don't need a good role model. We got enough of them going around. We need a savior. He's way more than just a, a good, some good accolades and some good a prototype for how a better way of being a human. He is Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the one that every knee will bow one day, every tongue is going to confess, the one that went to the cross for you and I and for all of humanity so that we can find His grace and His forgiveness and so that we can live a better life. This is who has come. Joy is in the air. And not only has He come, Woo! Already, man. But he's coming again. He's coming again. We ain't done. But he, he's coming again. This is the point of Advent. Advent literally means waiting. We are awaiting his return. And in that process, we are joyful because Christ is coming back. And no matter how bad our body might feel, and no matter how temporary this might be, and no matter what job setback you've had, and no matter how crazy your kids have been, we can still have a smile on our face and a joy in our heart because we He isn't done yet. And it's only going to get better. And one day, guys, we are going to stand before the King. It's going to happen. Some of you, I know you, we have been, our staff prays for you all the time, every single Tuesday on that blue connection card. If you fill it out, we lay hands on it. That's like a guarantee to you. I don't care how many long, we do it every single staff meeting, don't we, Christina? And can I tell you what? Some of you have been longing for healing in your body. You have been, it has been years and we've been, we have not stopped praying for you. Can I tell you one day, keep the faith. Stay joyful, because I don't, if it happens on this side of eternity or on that side of eternity, you are going to be healed. Keep your faith. Keep your trust in Christ. He's coming again. And I want to read to you Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. If you have it in your NIV, I'm going to read that to you. And then I want to put on the screen it in the message. Many of you know this passage, but he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. He says, in fact, again, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. He says, let your, let your gentleness be evident to all. And if you have it in the NIV, it says, Because the Lord is near. That's why we rejoice. Not, not, because, not because you were just diagnosed with cancer. It's that that cancer is going to fall at his feet one day. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep my joy. So we get, we, we get too, earthly, too much of an earthly perspective as believers. We've got to keep our, our eyes on him. Let me read it from the message, if you have it up there. He says, celebrate God all day. 
every day. I mean revel in Him, the Bible says. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the Master is about to arrive. Man, we should be joyful in our hearts as believers, showing people that the Master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. And we're ready. And if we're not, we need to be. And get that joyful, that unjoyful spirit off of us. You know, I felt like the best theological response as I meditated on this passage uh, would be a clip from the elf. I want, to, I want you to check this out. Think about, think about everything we're saying about having a joyful spirit about Jesus coming again. All right, check this, check this out from the elf. Sure? Yes, I'm sure. Just do your job. Okay. Oh, wow. What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Sign this one. Oh, hi. Santa's coming. Come on. If somebody came up to you and they said, Jesus is coming back, I think her response is, Jesus! Yes! Did you notice what he said too? He goes, I know him. He's coming back. We need to be joyful. I love it, man. Make work your business. Sure. You know, it's, it's just almost exactly how it is. And everybody else wants to rob you of your joy, don't they? I mean, just everything. And then if you, the more joyful you are, the more people want to rob your joy. And don't go there. Don't let it happen. Don't even, don't even let it be a part of your spirit. God is coming back again, and it gives us great joy. You know, the Greek and, and uh, Hebrew word for joy, we find over 650 times in the Bible. 650 times. C.S. Lewis, in, his, in a book that he wrote called Letters to Malcolm, I don't know if you ever read it or not, but he quote, I quote, this is what he said, Joy is the business of heaven. And in the book, he talks about the idea that every ounce of laughter was a token of God's grace deposited on earth. And that one day, heaven will be full of laughter where it is almost impossible not to just be with him. Isn't that beautiful? Joy is in the air. Uh, let, let me say it like this. Um, don't be an Eeyore. Now, I didn't know much about Winnie the Pooh, but uh, I got the down low this week uh, with all the preschoolers at our, at our church, and they, let, they filled me in. Uh, Eeyore lost his tail. Now, I don't know what he's got going on there right now, but uh, he's in a whole hill of, hill of beans there. And uh, you know what I'd say to Eeyore if he was a believer? Eeyore, I know you lost your tail. But one day, 
You're getting that tail back, baby. So quit acting like a grump. Quit being an Eeyore with the, with the life that God's given you. You know what you need to be like? You need to be like this guy. You need to be like a Tigger. We need more Tiggers in our city. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm, really, I'm not talking about faking it and like putting this Jesus facade on and like whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, God working in you, the faith, not just faith to save you, but a faith to transform you, to work on the inside of you. I'm not saying that you, that you just run away from your problems and, and just shove them under a thing for the sake of joy. I'm talking about coming to the king and allowing him not just to kind of part and be in parts of your life, but allowing him to work in every area of your life to allow you to get that joyful spirit about you. And I just want to encourage you, church, get that funky spirit off of you. We are, we are victorious. Joy is in the air. Our, our king is coming back. I remember when I was young, my dad's in the room. I remember when I was young, you know, it, the real simple thing would be like, hey, my dad can beat up your dad. Oh, yeah, I think my dad can beat up your dad. Hey, dad, Joe said his dad can beat up you, right? Our dad is going to beat up everybody. Come on. That cancer, that injustice, poverty, decay, it's going away, church. It's going away. And not only that, but then the Spirit of God has been given to us so that now we can tap into heaven now so that we can see heaven come on earth. What did, what did Jesus say when he taught us how to pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in let the joy of the Lord just invade us. And, and let us not just get, not, let us not be bogged down by menial things that we just really can't necessarily control that's about this life. But just staying focused and staying glorious. And here's the next question is, is okay, but what about when bad things happen to me? What about when, because when, it's pretty easy when you win the sweepstakes and you win $5 million or Christmas Day when you got all the gifts you wanted. But what about when you can't pay the water bill, Glenn? What are you talking there? Are you saying I should be joyful then? The short of it is yes. And it's not that you have to be joyful. It's that you have the opportunity to still be joyful. And that nothing can rob you. Now, without Christ, you're doing it on your own. But if you're a believer, you've got an endless supply of his source and his grace. I want to show you this in James chapter 1 because he addresses it straight up. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Wow. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now, can I just stop for a second? We are Christ followers. That means that we are becoming like Christ. Another term would be disciple. Disciple means that we follow the disciplines of Jesus. Joy for us is not just simply laughing, even though that may be an expression of it. A joy for a true person of Jesus is to become more like Christ. And so in that frame of mind, he's saying that when you go through trials, consider it joy because you have an opportunity to, to grow and become more like Christ. And in your moment of pain and agony, there are so many scriptures where we can see Jesus relating with us, specifically in Revelation in Hebrews. I want to read you one passage just for the sake of time. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says this, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Listen to this. I would, if I wrote this, I would not say it like this. But this was the perspective of heaven. For the joy set before him. Oh, 
Guys, he went to the cross for us. I mean, really did. Crown of thorns into his skull. Bruised, beaten, mocked for all of humanity. That was a joy. Wow. That makes me feel so small. It just puts me in awe of his goodness. He looked over the landscape of eternity and humanity. He considered it a joy to die for you. And he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you want to tweet something or write something down, I want you to write this down. It is a true testimony that you are a follower of Jesus when you have great joy in the midst of great trial. It's a true mark of you as a believer. Is in the moments, in those most difficult moments, is when you choose to have great joy in those moments. Paul uh, kind of teaches us how to do that. I want to read verses 6, 7, and 8 in the message. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Okay, so let's practically think about that. The moment you want to not get joyful, pray. Pray fast. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Remember Job? Lost everything, reputation, life. Remember the story? Job chapter 1. I don't know if you've read it uh, recently, but um, what did he do immediately when all the news broke out? He fell down and worshipped because that was all that was in him. There was no bitterness. There was nothing else. He simply turned it back to God, which is exactly what he's telling us to do in Philippians here. Letting God know your concerns before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Verse 8 says, summing it, up all, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by, fulfilling, by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Just focus on the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. You know what this passage is telling us? Whatever you focus on, you get more of. So focus on the right things. Fix our eyes on Christ. You know why Sunday is so important for us? Because it's like our moment to fix our eyes back on Jesus. And we don't have to do it alone. We get to come together, be encouraged by, by a fellow saint in the church. And receive his goodness. And, and if there's things that have gotten sideways in us, we have moments, every single service, at the end of the service, we always give you a moment just to respond, get things right with God, forgive those that need to be forgiven, let things go that need to be let go. Joy is in the air. The shepherd in Luke chapter 2, the angel came to the shepherd and basically said, I know that what you see right now is stinky and mundane, but joy is in the air. Because not only has he come, but he's coming again. My message is really simple to you today, church. I don't know what you might be going through. I don't know what stinky, mundane place you might be in, but joy is in the air. I, as I prepared this message, I felt the urge to give you like five steps on how to be joyful, but I just didn't want to do that in my spirit because this is all we need. I mean, uh, let, me, let me be clear. Me personally, I don't need another scripture other than these, for me to be joyful for the rest of my life. Like, like, like Proverbs 17, where it says that, the joy, that, that joyfulness or laughter is the medicine of your heart. 
right? That literally, if you laugh and if you learn to be joyful, you will actually get better in your body. I don't need that one. That's, that's a good one, but I don't need it. This is enough to me. All I need is the idea and the faith and the truth and the revelation to come over me that Christ is coming back. And because of that, you better believe every day that I wake up, I'm going to, I'm not saying this isn't a struggle. I'm not saying that it's not a fight. But I'm telling you what, our aim should be joyfulness in everything we do. Santa's coming. What? He not only saved me, but he's, he's coming back. Are you kidding me? Get ready! Sanford, get ready! Community, get ready! He's coming. Come on. I'm ready. Then he gets on and he says, know him. Oh, man. Let's get that your spirit off of us. Get that Tigger mentality in us. And so let the joy of the Lord, as the Bible says, be our strength. Amen? Would you stand to your feet all across the place and bow your heads and close your eyes. And worship team is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a quiet song. And I've, I've finished my message early. To give you a moment to spend with God. I never want to be a um, entertained church. I want to be a, an active, responding church. Um, and so we finished our message early. We literally have 10 more minutes on the clock. Your kids are totally fine. They're totally good right where they are. I want to give you a moment. And, and simply, I just want to pray with you. I want to give you a moment just to respond to God. You can join with the worship. You can, however you'd like to. But just take this moment and, and reflect on, 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 on what God is wanting to do in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? I've got one question for you. Really simple. What is God speaking to you? Another way to say it is just, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? I preach today, every head bowed, every head closed. I've, I proclaim what I feel like God put on my heart. But God can go way beyond the message. God might be doing something in you today by His Spirit that has nothing to do with joy. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, man. Maybe He's tugging on your heart and you feel like that. You feel that, that tug that millions and billions of people have felt over the years of Christ calling you home. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need a healing in your body. I don't know what you might be going through today. That's between you and God. But I want to pray with you. And I have some prayer partners that want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you in just a second. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask you in just a second. But simply count to three. And if you want to respond and just spend time with God. Maybe, maybe you, want to, you want to find Christ. You want, to, you want to start a relationship with God. Maybe you want healing in your body. Maybe there's a decision that you need to make in your life. And I don't know where you might be today, but we want to pray with you. I have prayer partners that want to pray with you. I want to encourage you in just a second to, to step out of your seat. Make your way as best as you can to this front. And, uh, and just allow God to work in your life today. Father, I pray right now that there would be nothing that would hold us back from... Um, allowing you to do what you want to do in our lives. Lord, I pray for those, if there be anybody in this room that does not have a relationship with you, as you're drawing them to yourself, that nothing would keep them back from walking these aisles and 
coming up to the front and saying, God, I'm ready to start a relationship with you. God, if there be those that need healing in their body, whatever they might be going through, Lord, I pray that there would be no uh, condemnation for people that come to this front and just spend a few moments with you. But at this altar, that God, you would do a work in lives today. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. One, two, three, if that's you.